if you're anything like me, and oof, God help you for anything like me. They're really just, I mean, I can barely hold on to myself, just the one of me. If you're anything like me, wow, I'm so sorry. You have my pity. Anyway, if you're anything like me, you may notice that you, when you're talking to clients, you're talking to your, you know, your, your people at work, or you're talking to your hire managers, your recruiters, you tend to use these same ideas over and over again. That once you come up with a way of expressing an idea in a way that you're like, oh, that's pretty, that's pretty succinct. I like that. I like the way that comes out. Um, you tend to use it over and over again. And I, as, as I am the kind of weirdo who literally speaks and thinks, I'm not kidding, I think in metaphors, I think in metaphors. And that may be the root cause of why I'm such a nut. Um, but there you go. In fact, I know many coworkers and uh, people who worked with me and for me over the years have taken made many jokes about the number of metaphors I make. In fact, someone used to make take notes and count the number of metaphors in a given hour meeting. And I've had some pretty high numbers. Um, they even would write them down. I was terrified of that. My favorite if I can remember it, I think I remember it, but I don't remember why I used it, was you asked for a horse, but you got two guys in a horse costume. I'm not really sure what I meant to say by that. I don't really know what my intention was, but I just remember that being such a weird picture in my head that it just stuck. So there you go. Now it's in your head. Congratulations. Anyway, as I'm talking to clients and prospects and doing the, you know, the, the me life thing, uh, I've noticed that I've started to use the same phrasing over and over again, which means to me that there's some significance to it, that it resonates, that it's interesting, that it's something that it just is useful. So I'm going to bring it to you. Hey, how you doing? Um, and that is this idea that we all know. We've already talked about it. We've talked a lot about how to think about your employer brand, how to see it as a system, how to see it as a process, how to reveal it, how to uncover it, how to clarify it a bit. We've talked a bit about some of the activation channels. We've talked about social. We've talked about video. We've talked about recruiters. We've talked about all this stuff, job postings, all of it, right? We've talked a lot. Well, that is to say I've talked a lot. But we've never really talked about employer brand activation as a concept. And that's what I want to talk about today. I want to kind of get into this. What is the broad idea of what it? What does it mean to activate your employer brand? And how do you make sure that your activation process is successful? So there you go. That's what we're going to talk about. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Talent Cast, the world's most caffeinated employer brand and recruiting podcast. I'm your host, James Ellis. Thanks so much for listening. If this is your first time for joining in, we do things a little differently. We try and do deep dives. There's not a lot of interviews here. There's not a lot of news here. This is about how do we get smarter and better. And that means how do I get you smarter and better? How do I get you to think about these problems at a deeper level so that you can solve them and look like a genius to your boss? If this isn't the first time you've been here, thanks so much for returning. Feel free to share with your friends, your coworkers, your boss. I don't know. Uh, we really do appreciate that. All right, let's get into it. Hey, how you doing? James Ellis here. Quick commercials. I'm going to be at Transform in Boston uh, in just a few weeks, actually. Uh, that Smashflies event, which if you don't know about that, what the heck? Uh, what have you been doing all day? Go definitely get tickets. If you can't get tickets, they're live streaming this thing. And there's going to be a lot of super smart people, including last week's guest, Torin Ellis, who is not related to me. Uh, I just have to keep reminding people of that we're not related. I know we look alike, but we're not related. Uh, a lot of other super smart people are going to be at this thing. So if you can't be there, you can stream it. They're actually going to stream the whole thing. So you should definitely keep an eye out for that. If you're in the Midwest, I'm doing something for the MRA in uh, Iowa this next month. I'm doing RecFest in London in July. I know, right? Uh, Social Recruiting Strategies Summit in, I'm sorry, yeah, Social Recruiting Strategies Summit. 
so, so no social recruiting strategies conference good gravy uh philly in august and you know what i don't think i've been super clear about this if you think i'm super cool no, no i'm not doing that if you think i might be vaguely useful to your office as someone who can come in and explain the concept and power of employer brand as someone who can get recruiters and leadership excited to change the way they're recruiting and hiring to really see the bigger picture you should go to jamesellis.us so you can figure out how to hire me to bring come in and just kind of blow the roof off the sucker, right? That's what I do. Uh, also, and if I haven't mentioned in a while, I got a free ebook. Go to employerbrand.consulting slash ebook. All those links are in the show notes. We move on. So let's talk about employer brand activation. I think it's very easy, especially as when I talk to employer brand people, they come in two flavors. One, the recruiter who kind of gets into marketing and they end up in the employer brand space. And then you've got the marketers who kind of realize how important recruiting is and they end up in the employer brand space. For me, I've noticed that people who come from the marketing side are more likely to see big picture and think about things strategically and systemically than recruiters who move over to the marketing side. Recruiters who move over to the marketing side, while they can be insanely good, and I can think of a couple examples, I won't name names, but they can be insanely good, but they tend to be very tactic focused. They fall in love with Twitter or Facebook or video or something. They fall in love with a channel and they get very tactic focused. And there's nothing wrong with that because an employer brand that you don't have an activation plan around is a worthless employer brand. If you spent money, time, resources, energy, or passion to develop or reveal your employer brand and you don't come up with an activation plan, why the hell did you do the first part? Right? Why bother? That's like, again, buying the Peloton and never putting your butt on the seat. That makes zero sense. And by the way, if you haven't noticed, those Pelotons are not cheap, right? And that employer brand, even if you paid for a consultant, even if you didn't pay for a consultant, was not cheap because the time and energy you spent putting into that was not free. That was time and energy you could be spending putting into, I don't know, writing better job postings for Lord's sake. I mean, give me something, anything. I mean, there's so much things you could be doing, but you chose to reveal your employer brand. But if you're not going to do anything with it, you wasted your time. So that sucks. But anyway, let's talk about how to activate it. And for whatever reason, people who come from the marketing side, their biggest issue is we just have to throw channels at it. We just have to throw tools at it. They can think of the strategy, but then they just throw channels at it. So it's interesting. There's definitely pros and cons to both sides of the world. And I am, as you know, on the marketer turned recruiting side of the channel. I'm not, um, I guess I'm biased in that way. Um, like I said, I think they're a great, smart, capable thought leadery type people on both sides of the fence. I just think that people who come from a given side have a specific, generally, generally, big painting with a big broad brush, generally have a certain approach. Now, having done in-house work before, I know that the biggest challenge to employer brand is getting buy-in, but not in the, the CEO, the leadership, you know, kind of blesses the thing. Yes, that is our new value proposition. That is our new brand promise. Congratulations, buy your leave. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm literally, my hand is literally blessing you like I'm a, like you're the Pope or a knight. I can't tell what I'm doing here. I'm not very religious or a regent or reign or something. I don't know. I can't do it. I'm, I'm lost. I, I, don't have, I don't know how to make knights. I've seen Game of Thrones once. What do you want? I don't know. Their buy-in level is, in, is beyond leadership because if leadership buys into it, that's great. And that's really nice. But unless you've got 50 leaders who are willing to go out and talk to candidates about your employer brand, 
<sighs> nice. That's nice is as far as it goes. The best part about leadership buy-in is that you're removing an obstacle from the process. It's not so much that they're going to do any of the work for you. In fact, at best, they can throw you a couple of bucks from a budgetary standpoint. But for the most part, leadership buy-in is all about removing roadblocks understanding the strategy, understanding the thought process, understanding that a bigger picture is in mind, so get out of the way, when on a day-to-day -day basis things aren't exactly what you think they are because we have a specific strategy we're moving towards. You bought it, great, fantastic. When I talk about buy-in, what I really mean is that the quote-unquote boots on the ground, grunt level, the, the people who actually do the work, i.e. recruiters and hiring managers and staff, get it. They get the employer brand. And I know plenty of recruiters who are good recruiters who don't see the, because they're very, let's call it tactically focused, because they're very transactionally focused, they don't see the value in strategy or systems thinking or like employer brand. They just go, my job is to put candidates in the top of the funnel, find the good ones and pull them out the bottom, right? That's my job. And I'm just going to do it again and again and again. And you know what? They're darn good at it. They're really good at stuffing the top of the funnel, and they're really good at pull, reaching in and finding the good candidates, pulling them through, uh, shepherding them through the process and the, the gauntlet that is your phone screen and interview loops and the hiring managers who's crazy on Thursdays, but only on Thursdays because that's the day they're doing intermittent fasting or you know whatever. Never schedule a meeting in the afternoon because they might be a little glug, glug, glug. Um, whatever. They know the process. They know how to shepherd you through it. That's... That's magic. That's, to say that's not, not a skill is stupid. That is absolutely a skill and a valuable skill at that. But their lives could be so much better if they embraced employer brand, if they saw the bigger picture, if they saw how what they did on a personal, individual, tactical level impacted the bigger strategy and how the strategy ties into that. And I've had these conversations with, with these recruiters who, for lack of a better word, for lack of a better phrase, let's just call them old school, right? I'm not saying they're old. I'm not, I'm just saying recruiters, they focused on the job. Someone taught them how to do the job. That's what they think the job is. You fill the funnel, you reach in, you shepherd them through, you close the deal, you do it again, right? That's a recruiter's job. At least a lot of times that's how recruiters see their jobs. It's a rare recruiter who sees the bigger picture inherently, right? If you can see the bigger picture, recruiting is not the job that calls to you because it is generally so transactional, because it is so very tactical in nature. Right? So if you want your employer brand to stick, if you want to do the employer brand equivalent of making sure your butt gets on the Peloton every single day and does the 20 or 30 minutes of sweating, regardless of whether you subscribe, and now we've wandered into the vagaries of Peloton and I don't really care about bikes, um, if you really want to make sure that the employer brand works, if you really want to make sure that people are using it and working towards it every single day, you have to create buy-in from the recruiter level, from the hiring manager level, and the staff level. Now, those are three conversations, and I'm not talking about them just to hear myself talk. This is actually how you activate an employer brand. It's not because you built some Twitter tools and pushed some Twitter stuff out. That's a nice thing to do, but it's not going to do the work. There is a, a conversation in, um, uh, I don't know where I found this again, but there's this joke, and I think I've even told this joke a long time ago. There was a, uh, the one general told, talked to the other general on the other side uh, at the end of a war, and they said, wait, remind me, who won the air war? And that is to say, the air war is great, meaning flying planes overhead of your enemy's territory and bombing the living snot out of it to soften up the space is great, but the war is won on the ground. 
No matter what you do, the war is always won on the ground. And to me, social media, video, uh, LinkedIn, job postings, that is the air war. At job postings actually can be a bit of both. They can be a bit more at the top and then the air war and the ground war. And I don't mean to get into a super war metaphor thing because I know that's a lot about, you know, and I'm, I mean, my Twitter handle is the war for talent. So what are you gonna do? Anyway, please bear with me that this idea that you're covering the air war to make it easier for the ground war to work. Meaning if I put out a lot of videos and I put out a lot of LinkedIn and I put out a lot of Twitter and I put out a lot of stuff, it makes it easier for the recruiters to do their job. If I hand them videos and say, look, instead of posting on LinkedIn, we're hiring, which for the love of God, stop, please. It doesn't work. I really just want to go ahead and, and respond to uh, recruiters on LinkedIn who are posting these things and just, here, can I rewrite your posting for you? Because this is atrocious. Just let me show you what you're missing. Let me just show you. But that would make me the jerk. And I'm going to save my jerkness for other things. Anywho, if you hand the recruiters the video and say, look, if you're trying to hire electricians, this is the video you share. And by the way, here's how you want to push this out. Not, hey, come apply for a job. Here's a video. You, that doesn't work. That There's no what's in it for me there. You have to help them kind of understand. Here's how you use the video. So there's definitely a connection between this, the so-called air war of the tactics and the social and the video and the content and the, the website and the career site and all that good stuff. But there has to be connected to the ground war. That is recruiters and referrals and hiring managers and interview loops. The actual work of hiring, right? If you don't connect those dots, you're going to do all this fun stuff at the top having no idea how it connects to the ground. And at some point, someone will look at you and say, what the hell are you doing all day? And how much money are you spending? And what's the value? And that is an employer brand sphere. When the person, when your boss, when your boss's boss looks at you and say, what's the value of what we do? It's not that we can't measure it. It's just that it should be so damn crystal clear that no one should ever think to ask. Yeah, I said it. It should be so obvious, the power of what we do, that the fa if someone asks, what's the value of this stuff? You have done your job poorly. You need to be a lot more public about it and a lot more vocal about what you're doing, why you're doing it, and how you're doing it, and what the value is. That should just be part of your process, employer, brand, professional. It should be. We should do a whole episode of taking victory laps. That's super powerful. It took me a long time to learn that lesson, but super powerful. Anyway, back to activation. So using the employer brand and activating the employer brand is a function of yes leveraging the air war to soften the ground but also feeding the ground the troops on the ground to make sure they have the best equipment the best materials the best they have all the advantages they have you want to make sure that in if you're on a war you want to make sure you are more likely to be on the united states side than say i don't know i'm gonna go with sri lanka right Sure, they're very wonderful people. I'm sure they're very terrifying fighters. However, they're just simply not as equipped and simply not as numerous and simply not as well-trained as American soldiers. I don't know how I got into this conversation and I picked a country at random. So if you're from Sri Lanka, I apologize. That wasn't a dig. Anywho, you want to be the ones who are the best trained. You want to have to make sure your recruiters have every advantage when it comes to fighting this fight, to having that retail fight. And that's what activation is all about. Now, when the recruiters get this information, they go, cool, video, what am I supposed to do with this? And they always have it in that tone of voice. In their head, maybe they don't say it with their mouths, maybe they're trying to be nice, but in their head, they go, what am I supposed to do with this? Oh, one more extra thing I have to do with my life. Now, that's a secret I've learned working in-house. Right? When you want to do an activation from the employer brand side, you don't simply hand people tactics and tools and content and say, here, use this, because they won't. They 
Oh, man, they won't. You want something left alone for a long period of time? That's the strategy. Give it to them and say, here, use this, and then walk away. It doesn't work that way. Employer brand activation, the real concept of it is this. Your job, if you want your employer brand to succeed, if you want your recruiters, your hiring managers, your staff, everybody to really embrace it, to really help you promote, extend the reach, share the content, build the profiles, tweet the thing, make the video, whatever it is, show up to the video shoot, right? Any of it. I'm always still stunned. I booked the meeting. You said you'd come to the meeting to shoot the video. You know I'm shooting a video, and then you ghost me. What the hell? Anyway, separate conversation. The way you get everybody to buy into it, to help out, is this simple idea. Your job is to make it easier to do the thing than to not do the thing, right? So here's a here's a here's a, a scenario, I guess. So what's the what's the scenario? Anywho, not everybody got that joke, and that's fine. I'm old. Anyway, you want people to share good content, right? We talked about here's a video, use it, and you walk away, and nothing happens. But if instead you say, look, hey recruiter, and this tends to be a very retail process, one on one. Hey retail, hey recruiter. Um, who are you hiring? Who's your hardest to hire? What's, what's top of mind right now? Who's your biggest problem? Who's the, the, what's the role that's going to make you, make you sweat? What's the, what's the, what's the hard one? Give me the hard one. And the recruiter will say, ah, it's a blah, blah, blah. It's a nurse. It's an electrician. It's a data scientist. It's a developer. It's a sales leader, whatever it is. Let's call it a sales leader. I haven't done sales leaders in a while. And they say, oh, I'm trying to hire a new sales leader for this team. We're opening up in Albuquerque. And Albuquerque, just because it's fun to say. And you go, okay, okay. What were you planning on doing? Just so I understand. And chances are you should have already know the answer to this, but it's always good to ask to make sure you understand what they're doing and to make them express what they're doing instead of guess what they're doing, right? The more you let them express, the more you can kind of say, okay, I see what your process is. You're coming in not as a, you should do this, but more of a, hey, can you tell me what you're doing and maybe I can find ways to add in? See the tone of voice shift? See how that wasn't about, I'm gonna tell you what to do or I'm gonna, I'm gonna know better? And that's a trick I learned a very long time ago the hard way, that you should come in asking, being, suggesting and helping, not as a dictating. And dictating never seems to work for very long. So anyway, so the recruiter says, well, I was going to go post it on the job boards. Well, yeah, of course you were. And I was going to post it on LinkedIn. Okay, what were you going to say on the LinkedIn post? Oh, I was going to be, hey, join our team, or hey, join me, or we're hiring, or some such, right? You know, the standard YARP, yet another recruiting post. This, oh, they're so boring. They're so bad. You can say, okay, okay, anything else? Well, what else is there? Ah, and there you have them. And there you have them. Now, now, you have some choices at this stage. When they ask you, wait, was there anything else? How, what else could I do? Because they have a standard process they follow. That's how recruiters tend to see this process. They've optimized the process so they can you know, spin 27 plates, 27 wrecks at any given time without going absolutely apeshit and bonkers. They figure out how to optimize processes. They throw away the stuff that doesn't work very often just to focus on the stuff that does, but that's all they do. That's what they do. And I get where they got to that situation, right? They're overloaded with work, so they optimize. And optimize is great in the short term, atrocious in the long term. It never sticks around for very long. There's always a new channel. There's always a new idea. Anyway, you say, okay, great. Well, let me tell you, there are some things you could do. And if you start to list things they could do, you are taking the path of saying, here's extra work. And by the way, 
they're going to roll their eyes and they're going to say, uh-huh, uh-huh. Are you sure that's even going to work? And unless you show up with proof that it's going to work, don't bother having that conversation. And even if you do show up with proof that it's going to work, probably shouldn't even bother having that conversation because it's extra work for them and they don't have that kind of time. It's stunning that they gave you 10 minutes. Alternatively, if you said, hey, look, what if I wrote that LinkedIn post for you? What if instead of saying, hey, we're hiring and here's a link to the job, what if I took a video about this sales manager and the sales team, which we shot a couple weeks ago. It's really, really nice. It's really, really slick. And we put that on our career site in a separate page called Sales Leader. So blah, 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 jobs, you know, jobs.blahblahblah.com slash sales lead. Oh, okay, cool. What? I don't understand. Don't worry. We're going to put the video on this page. And then we're going to write a little, I'm going to write a little paragraph about what it's, what's amazing about this job. And actually, we're going to pull two quotes from that video because we got some really cool quotes. Um, you know, that, that's, you know, we're going to just stick them in the text. And at the bottom of that, we're going to put a link to that job. Don't worry, that's, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to do it. It's going to take me five minutes to do because I know it's, right, it's, you've got a CMS of some sort. It takes, how much time does it take to embed a video? YouTube does it all but for you. And you steal some quotes and you build it and it's a branded page and kabam, it's there. You just have to pick the URL. You say, look, if you give me 20 minutes, I'll make this page for you and I will hand you the URL to share. And instead of saying, hey, you should join our team or hey, we're hiring, which never works, and then a link to the ATS, which blah, completely, almost completely unbranded, you link to this page and I'll write that post for you. We'll use one of those quotes. And at the bottom of that page, we will see who applies. I guess. Now, I guess from the recruiter's point of view is a lot better than, uh-huh, and rolling of eyes because it's new stuff and I get that it's new stuff and new stuff takes time to do. But if you can kind of actually make it easier for them to do what you want them to do, they'll stop doing it the way they used to do it. That is to say, if you come in and front load some of the hard work for them, if you write the job posting, if you write the, the LinkedIn post, if you make the page for them and show them how this work gets done, not tell them, show them. And you say, okay, hey, by the way, I made this page. Here's the video. And they go, oh, wow, that's a really cool video. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. We shot it on the phone. It's fantastic. Anyway, they make the page, or you make the page, and you hand them the URL, and you hand them the LinkedIn text, which is actually pretty creative writing. It's about, look, not everybody can be, or here's one. I, <laughs> the sales leader's top of mind right now because I saw someone who I know, and I did not be a jerk to them, who said, hey, you should join our, be a sales leader for this amazing team. Ooh, that assumes so much. That assumes so much, and only people who are already ready to go for it. But right, you know, we're gonna we're figuring this out. Instead, you say, "Are you the kind of person who loves to grow teams?" We're not talking about sales. We're not talking about anything specific. We're not talking about processes. We're not talking about skills. We're just simply saying, "Are you the kind of person who loves to grow a team?" Emotional word, very powerful. If so, maybe you should see what kind of opportunities we have for you. There's the link. Boom. Maybe you try it once where you embed the video and you actually spend the time, you can, because you've got a copy of iMovie or something, you actually throw the URL as the end card of the video. And then when you dump it on, you know, and then you say, okay, go ahead and embed this on LinkedIn and Facebook instead of just linking to it, right? You embed it natively. And then the first comment you say, here's the link for more. And it goes to that page. So having looked at that video, someone says, oh, that's interesting. I want to learn more. There's the first uh, comment. They click the first comment. They go to the page. They see the video, which they've just seen, which they've already bought in. There's more quotes, which they've already heard. Oh, there's a link to a job. Boom, done. 
right? Simple. From your standpoint, it's really straightforward. Now, employer brand folks like to boil the ocean. And so they might hear this, uh, this, this uh, suggestion as, God, man, I got to do that every single time? No, 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 no. You do it once per recruiter. You make it so easy for them that they can't help but not see the value, to not want to change. You're actually making it so simple and so valuable. You're, hey, here's the best part. You're going to provide your, uh, data that shows how many people saw that video on LinkedIn. You're going to show how many people clicked the URL because you're going to track the tag because you're not an idiot. You're going to see how many people went from the page that you made and clicked the link to the ATS because, again, you track you <laughs> tagged the URL. You're not an idiot. And you can actually show the recruiter after two weeks, by the way, did you know 400 people saw that video? What? And did you know of those 400 people, 75 clicked the page? Really? And of those 75, 30 applied. Are you kidding me? That's the conversation you want to have. That's the conversation you want to have. That's where you want to live. You want to blow their mind by the power of your ability to draw in an audience. Because they're going to go, you're going to say, well, is that big? And you say, okay, well, hey, let's look at the last time you posted this job on LinkedIn. And look at all the three people who liked that. By the way, all three of those people are other recruiters. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you have hundreds of views of this video, which means hundreds of people are now better sold on our employer brand. Yes, there it is. And when they saw it, some of them were so compelled to learn more, they clicked the link. And some of them were so compelled to apply, they hit the button apply for the job. Chances are, and I can show you data. Actually, I can't. Shane Gray over at Clinch can show you data. Feel free to say hi. Hey, Shane. We're gonna, we're, I'll get that thing done. He has data that says people who go to your career site and read are four times more likely to get the job than someone who doesn't. Right? The content, the fact that they saw the video, the fact that they were willing to learn more. They weren't cruising for jobs. They weren't looking for just a button to hit to say apply. They wanted to learn more, and you fed that need, and they fell in love with you a little bit, and they applied. Win. That's a huge win. Right? Right? That's employer brand activation. You make it so easy for your referrals, for your hiring managers to do your bidding that they have no choice but to do it. Here's another trick. This is something I usually charge for, so this is a good freebie. And everybody I shared this with goes, God, why didn't I think of that? And I go, I don't know how I thought of it. I ain't that smart. Here's the deal. We all talk about referral projects, and we go, okay, we launched your, you know, we spent <laughs> however many thousands of dollars in a referral tool that sits on our phone that no one ever seems to download or click or use. And you're like, well, that was a good use of time. And I would say it's not the tool. It's not the tool. It's how you launched it, and it's how you use the tool. It's not that the hammer's bad. It's just that you don't remember when to pick up the hammer. You start hitting that nail with a screwdriver, and you're going, why doesn't this work? You pick up the hammer, pick up the hammer. Anyway. You want to get better referral uh, throughput. You want to get more referral candidates. You want to get more referral hires. Here's the deal. Do what you were going to do anyway with your referral tool and package. Do your big launch. But I will assure you that 27 seconds after you have done your big launch and the CEO or the head of TA or the head of HR sends the email to all staff saying how important it is that we have more referrals and we should tell our friends about why it's great to work here. 27 seconds after they read that email, they will have forgotten all the content of that email. 
right? Who wants to take that bet? Anybody? Nobody? Didn't think so. Of course I'm right. Everybody forgets that stuff. Nobody cares. And you know why? Because you were telling people, in general, to remember, I don't know why, to refer friends, which friends? I don't know. Let's not be specific. For jobs, uh, I don't know. It could be any jobs. And you know what? That much vagueness fell right out of their heads. Their noggins are porous, much like mine. It falls right out. Instead, make this small change. When the recruiter finishes their strategy intake meeting, and it should be a strategy meeting, not an intake meeting. That's a separate conversation. And they finish that strategy meeting, and they go, and they write the job posting, and they get it approved, and they knock it out, and they put it in their ATS, and it gets pushed out to some job boards. The recruiter should write an email, and that is to say, you should write the email and hand it to recruiters that say, hey, hiring manager, we're all set. Your job post lives here. Insert link to ATS or job board of your choice. Just want to let you know that after the next couple weeks, I'll keep an eye on this and we'll tell you, let you know how many people are applying. And if anybody amazing pops up, I will definitely send them, send them your way. While I have you, can you please share this following email with your entire team, asking them to refer people to this role. And there's an email you've written too. Hey, just want to let you know we're hiring. And as you know, if you refer a candidate to this job, see the link, we're going to pay you X thousands of dollars or X hundred of dollars. It's not about, you got to figure out how much it's due. It's all about giving them the information. There it is, right? You give the recruiter a double email. That is the email to the hire manager and embedded with that is the email the hire manager passes along to their team. Kind of like a Russian doll strategy, right? In one inside the other inside the other. And you've written them all. And you say, hey, recruiter, every time you post a rec, if you take this email and just put in the hiring manager's name, the job title, and the right URL in the right spots and shoot it to the hiring manager, two things happen. One, your hiring manager will fall in love with you because you are being proactive and you will have done almost no extra work to do it. Two, you will inherently have more applications because more referrals will happen. And as we know, referrals are more likely to get hired and referrals are more likely to be more valuable long-term. So this is super, super valuable. I'm giving you this stuff. If you do, if I'm gonna do the work for you, all you have to do is slap in some labels and some links and shoot it out at the right time. And the hiring manager who knows their job is to help part of the hiring process will simply copy the email you wrote and embedded and paste it to their team. And the team will go, oh, I get it. I know what that job is because I know my friend Susan quit and we're backfilling Susan's job. So I know what that job is and I know what it takes to do that job. And I happen to know someone who'd be amazing for that job. The level of concreteness here is allowing me to envision exactly who you want me to refer. And by the way, thanks so much for telling me exactly how much, what's it worth to me. Not just that I get to have a friend who works near me, but here is a reward, the specific amount and when I'd get paid. Yes, that will help me remember and help me create that referral. It's not about the tool. It's that you did the work to make it so easy to get other people to help you activate that employer brand. And if you write that email to your, your recruiters that they pass to hire managers that they pass to their team, write it once. And you just get, you hand it to the first recruiter, and you ask them a week later, did you get a lot of extra referrals this time? They go, yeah, I did. Great. Next week at our recruiting meeting, can you tell people that? 
and I'm going to be in that meeting, and I will ha- happily answer questions. Because once that recruiter says, hey, by the way, uh, our, rec- our employer brand folk wrote this email for me, and it got a lot more referrals, and it's made my life a lot easier, every other recruiter will go, can I have a copy? Now they're coming to you. It's like being a drug dealer, right? You gave the first one free, and the rest of them, you, <laughs> you only don't have to, they don't have to pay for, but they come to you. And that's where you want them. You want them to see how valuable you are in helping them do their job better. And not only in this process, just this single one little process, you have done a couple of things. One, you've ingratiated yourself inside the recruiter's lives. You've made their lives easier. They like you more. They listen to you more. They'll listen to your crazy ideas about Twitter and Facebook and video all day long now because you made their lives easier. Two, recruiting leadership, hiring leadership loves the strategic thinking you're doing, loves that you're getting your hands dirty, loves that you're engaged and embedded, that you're not off on the side writing your book about what employer brand might be one day. They love that you're doing the work. They see the power of the activation. Three, hiring managers value this because they are given the answer. They are given the material to do exactly what they, you're, all the hiring manager has to do is copy that and paste it and shoot it out to their team. Super easy work, but they know in doing that super easy thing, they get more referrals. They get better teammates. They get their recs closed faster. And the team itself goes, I understand the value of this because they're given something specific, specific to that situation. You are now with one single email, first off touching dozens of people on the first pilot program. And then when every recruiter goes, I want to use that, you are now touching hundreds, if not thousands of people. And by the way, you wrote the job posting anyway, or you wrote the page with the video that you're linking to that says, hey, by the way, fall in love with the sales team manager. And that once you see the video, they fall in love. Look at all the stuff you just built. Just tiny little pieces. It's not about we made a video. It's about how do you make sure that people see the video. It's about how do you make sure that having seen the video and having fallen in love with the brand just a tiny little bit, you've given them something to do that's positive. It's about feeding recruiters and hiring managers and staff the easiest possible work so that they can do your bidding. See, that's employer brand activation. It's not about making a tweet. It's about making a system that encourages them and shows them why tweeting is good. That, they're, that, you re, that you're pre-writing the tweets, that you're pre-writing the links that turn the link into a tweet. Whatever it is, there are lots of different tools and lots of different ways you can activate the brand, but that comes to the simple idea that you have to make it easier for them to do the thing you want them to do than to not do the thing you want them to do. You have to drag that horse to the water, and then you have to make that water delicious looking. And some days, you're going to have to bring it up to their mouths. But having drank the water, is drank a word? Maybe. Having drunk the water, maybe, I don't know. English isn't only my fifth language, I guess. Bad English is most of the first four. Once they drank the water or drunk the water, they'll come back. They'll ask for more. And that puts you in the driver's seat. Yes, it means getting your hands dirty. And when I talk to recruiters who become employer brand managers, that makes perfect sense. And when I talk to man, uh, marketers who become employer brand managers, that takes a little more convincing. But the truth is, good ideas, good strategy, good branding, good creative does exactly jack until you learn how to activate it. And until you get people to want to activate it for you, you are going to be pushing a rope up a hill. There you go. That's employer brand activation 101. Thanks so much for listening. As always, Share this and comment or review us on iTunes and Google Play. Love the reviews. Thanks so much. Love the, you know, 
this nerdy little podcast we do. I'm trying to get another guest for next week. I'm still working on it, so I'll let you know as soon as we figure it out. Otherwise, I will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for sharing. Thanks so much for reviewing. Really do appreciate it. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Well, the music means you've made it to the end of another episode of the Talent Cast. If this was useful to you, do not keep it a secret. Share it with your team. Share it with your boss. Share it with your networks. I don't know. Share it with your mom. Uh, if you have questions you'd like me to answer on a future show or just, you know, general ideas about how to make this thing better, just ping me on Twitter. You know, I'm at the War for Talent. At the War for Talent. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transformed, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.